Welcome to the HeatingHelp.com podcast, your source for HVAC tips and stories. I am your host, Erin Hollihan Haskell. Today I'm talking about water quality and hydronic systems with Bob Hot Rod Roar of Kalefi Hydronic Solutions. Thanks for joining us, Hot Rod. Yeah, thanks. Hot Rod, you seem to have a burr in your saddle in regards to hydronic water quality. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I've been on this mission for probably, oh, I would say the last four or five years. Um, you know, working with Cleffy, we have a lot of interest in water quality. And it's the one um, part of our business that affects really everybody that's in the business, whether you're a manufacturer, whether you're an installer, whether you're the owner of the building, the homeowner, or the troubleshooter that works on a system. It just seems to be something that um, uh, we haven't, I feel, paid enough attention to. And uh, it's, it's a simple thing to deal with. So that's kind of been my mission. And, I, you know, unique in my business. Is I get to see a lot of different people in the industry. I go to the wholesalers, I go to the contractors, I go to the engineers, I go to the reps and stuff. So I see, you know, all avenues of the business, and I see this um, this water quality being a big um, a big issue. So that's my mission these days: to learn and to share. Well, thank you, and I appreciate you sharing it with us. A couple episodes ago, we had spoken with Ray Wolfarth, who works on commercial systems. And he had mentioned that water quality was one of the issues that can kill a boiler. And I'm happy that we can talk about this now and learn a little bit more about how to prevent something like that. I'm certainly not, you know, an expert on it, but I've I've learned a lot specific to our industry. And I'd be glad to, to share that with the, whoever's listening today, what I've learned and what I found. And yeah, it, you know, you say boilers, but it, uh, you know, it could be a steam boiler. It could be a hot water boiler. It could be a solar thermal system. It could be a geo system. It's not just, you know, hydronics boiler that's um, water and it could be glycol mixed or methanol mix too. So, yeah. That's so true. Now I, like most homeowners may assume that the water coming from my faucet provided by my city is just fine for hydronics. Am I hallucinating? Well, you might be. I guess we've all been to that point in our life, a little hallucination. But uh, basically what the uh, public water uh, departments want to do is make sure that the water is safe to drink, to consume, to cook with and stuff like that. They're not really concerned or thinking about, you know, boiler quality as far as the different, uh, you know, disinfectants they might be adding in there, the different chemicals they put in the water at different times of the year. You know, in the springtime, you might have turbidity in the water, and turbidity is kind of the, uh, well, I guess, the optical clarity of water. If you fill a glass with water and it's a little cloudy, a little brown colored, it's probably not bad for you. It's probably just some silica or some sand from the runoff in the spring, but people don't want that in their bathtub or in their sink or anything, so the city will put different chemicals in there to try and deal with that, and those chemicals might react with um, you know, some of the things that you're putting in your boiler. So, yeah, don't assume that the city is sending you water that's ideal for your boiler. You know, They're not checking for you know, hardness specifically or TDS, the total dissolved solids. They just want to make sure that the bacteria or anything that could make you um, sick or have a taste to it uh, is out of the water. So, yeah, you still there's a couple things you still want to check to make sure that you've got good uh, quality water for your hydronic systems. Mm-hmm. Now, so given that, what knowledge do I need to get a thumbs up or thumbs down for the water that I do intend to use? Well, great question. And um, interestingly enough, it's not that hard to get a handle on water quality. There's a couple things that you want to check for, um, and it doesn't take an expensive uh, equipment to do it. You want to check for the hardness of the water. 
you know, that'll tell you the scaling minerals that are in the water. And you can buy a little test kit. My gosh, I buy them online for about 35 bucks, a little dropper test, and you just count the drops. It'll tell you how many grains of hardness in your water. Now, the other thing that you want to be checking for is the TDS. Um, that stands for Total Dissolved Solids. And that goes a little bit further than just a hardness test kit because the hardness test kit is testing for like the scaling minerals, the calcium, the magnesium, anything that will turn to a scale in your system. The TDS takes it a little bit further than that. It checks for both the positive and the negative ions, the cations and adions are called. So it gives you a little bit better picture of what's going on there. And it's a it's a fairly simple meter the way it works. It's almost like an ohmmeter for those that are listening that you know, work with electricity, they understand what an ohmmeter does, measures resistance. Well, if you stick this meter in the water, it too is measuring the resistance of the water. So the more stuff, uh, scale and minerals that are in your water, you know, changes the the reading on the meter and that'll tell you um, what's in there. The other third one that I have in my kit is a pH meter. Mm -hmm. I I strips. I like the meter. You know, I'd like to see a number instead of just trying to match up a color. So those are really the three instruments I would suggest people, um, you know, own and, and learn how to use them and, and, you know, what how it affects the what you're putting in your systems. Those are great tips. Now, if my water is below the standards that the manufacturer lists in the installation manual, now what? What do I do? Yeah, so <clears throat> that's the good news that the industry is stepping up. Um, this um, industry, I talk about the manufacturers of boilers and pumps and stuff like that. They're starting to put water quality standards in their installation manuals. seems like years ago there'd be a sentence or two in there, you know, maintain good water quality or something fairly vague. But now they're starting to put some numbers in there to say, you know, the hardness needs to be below, uh, let's say, seven grains of hardness. And it's, um, you know, the TDS number. They might have chloride number in there. They'll have some pH numbers. So they're giving us a lot more information than they did years past. So basically you'll test your water and you'll look at what they um, recommend and here's what will happen. If you put water in there that doesn't meet the spec or it's way out of the spec of what they're um, requiring to suggest, and you don't have a warranty on that piece of equipment. So if a boiler fails two years from, you know, the date you put it in, you go back there and uh, it's got a pinhole in it or something like that or it's, you know, percolating, making noise to it, and that uh, you or the manufacturer determine that, well, it's full of scale. You've got a lot of minerals in there that are just coating out the heat exchanger and there's your problem burn. So that's not going to be a warranty issue. That probably didn't leave the factory like that, and that's really nothing that they want to, you know, give you a new boiler for because you didn't um, deal with or treat the water. So um, most of the things we can take out of water, I mean, we can take water down to almost pure, you know, 99% pure H2O, and there's a couple different ways that we can do that. Um, we can reverse osmosis uh, process, and that's basically squeezing the water through a semi-permeable membrane. You've probably seen those under some people have them under their kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. They, you know, taste and different things out of the water. So that's probably one of the most common ones. Are there any other ways to quote unquote fix the water? Yeah. So we can uh, we can reverse osmosis it. We can deionize or de- demineralize the water, and that's just like the the name implies. We're taking all the minerals. We're taking all the ions out of the water. And what's different about that than a, a reverse osmosis? It's a resin bed that the water flows through, so it's a little bit more portable. You can take it with you to job sites, and actually, Kalepi offers one of those that you you just hook up your city water, your well water, whatever you have on the job site. And it runs through this device. It kind of looks like a little droid, like a little R2-D2, and the water goes in the Mm -hmm. bottom. And by the time it comes out of the top, it goes through that resin bed, and it pulls all the minerals, pulls the positive and negative ions out, and you end up with pretty much H2O, hydrogen to oxygen uh, 
um, pure water, and that's what you want to put in there. Now, that being said, that water could be a little aggressive. It'll probably have a pH down in the, oh, maybe uh, low sixes, high fives, so you might want to put a conditioner, an additive in with that to buff your pH up and stuff, and uh, certainly plenty of those out there. So, yeah, we can fix it. We can treat it. We can... Um, we can do that on the job site. We could haul water to the job site with us if we don't have, you know, water on the job site that we can uh, can deal with. You can buy water and take it with you from some of the wholesalers. That's great. Now, suppose I were to embrace some other hydronic fluids like glycol or methanol, for example. Yeah, and that and people do, and that's a good point. Uh, I had thought about that. Is um, if you're going to mix glycol on a job site, say you're going to buy straight glycol or, you know, a strong mix of glycol and you want to thin it down, dilute it a little bit on the job site, you really should be using pure water to do that. You want to use deionized water because what will happen is if you use water that has a lot of minerals in it, a lot of scaling minerals or the pH is a little bit out of whack, you pretty much ruin that glycol that you're blending by using bad water with it. When you buy pre blended glycol from the manufacturer, they blend it with the ionized water so they're sure that they're not ruining some of the uh, inhibitors, some of the chemicals that they put in there to protect your system uh, will get abused or, or broken down by using uh, bad water to mix it with. And some of the geo guys I know are still using different alcohols, methanol or ethanol. That too should be blended with good water. So yeah, do whatever you put in there, it, it really wants to start out with uh, good quality water. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose there are some pros out there that can lead me down the righteous path. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's uh, there's experts out there. There's people that have degrees in water quality and water treatment, and, and I've worked with a couple of them. Luckily, I have one right here in uh, Springfield, Missouri, near where I live as, um, at Romar Chemical, and they'll do analysis for you. I mean, there's certain things that you can check right on the job site with just those three meters that I described. You might want to mm-hmm. send it in for a more thorough analysis. And the reason I'd want to do that, if I'm working on a job where there's some liability involved, like maybe a big expensive, you know, steam system in maybe a hospital building or something like that where you absolutely can't, you know, have issues with that failing or prematurely going bad. So I might send a sample off to Romar. Fernox is another brand that's out there that'll do water samples. And they'll send back a, you know, a list of things that are in your water. They'll break down, you know, a dozen different components in the water, and then they'll tell you what needs to be adjusted on the water. So, yeah, at some point, um, you might want to call in the pros if you're having the problem over and over with a system that you can't get um, can't get a hand on. There's certainly people out there that specialize in this type of um, analysis and treatment. Well, that's fantastic information. Thank you so much, Hot Rod, for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, this was fun, and I'm hopefully uh, somebody, everybody gets a little bit out of it, and um, I'd be glad to uh, to help anybody if they want to contact me at Cleffy. I can uh, certainly share what I've known and uh, help a brother or a sister out. And that's it for today's episode of the Heating Health Podcast. To learn more about water quality in hydronic systems, download issue 18 of Kalefi's technical journal, idronics at kalefi.com. Like many people in the heating health community, I'm a huge fan of this resource. Each issue of idronics covers a different industry-related topic with easy-to-understand explanations and diagrams. And if you'd like to meet Hot Rod and other industry experts, join us on August 24th at Wetstock in New York City. This event brings together some of the sharpest people in the hydronic heating community for an afternoon of roundtable discussions, 
sharing, and all-around fun. The only way you won't get something out of Wetstock is if you stay home. Learn more at heatinghelp.com forward slash Wetstock. We hope to see you there.